Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, everyone? It's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum, and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. All right, let's get to today's guest. Her name is Amanda Chantal Bacon. She is an author, an entrepreneur, and a maverick in the plant-based and adaptogenic movement, which you're going to learn all about in today's conversation. Bacon began researching medicinal plants in 2006 and introduced the first moon juice to Venice, California, which is a staple in the LA area. By merging success with ingredients known for their health and beauty benefits and her culinary training under seminal chefs such as Alice Waters, Bacon built a cult and celebrity following for the brand. Now a leader in the global wellness revolution, Moon Juice has three LA shops, a thriving direct-to-consumer business online, and a comprehensive collection of adaptogenic supplements and skincare products distributed worldwide by retail partners such as Sephora, Net-A-Porter, Nordstrom, and Barney's. Bacon has been featured in high-profile publications, including the New York Times, Forbes, and Vogue. Her brand new book is called The Moon Juice Manual, Adaptogenic Recipes for Natural Stress Relief. We could all use that, right? And be sure to stay tuned through the entire conversation because at the end of the episode, I answer another one of your burning health questions. All right, let's get to it. This is Amanda Chantal Bacon's Art of Being Well. Amanda, it's been too long. What the heck? Way too long. Well, there, you know, there was, there was a pandemic. I had a baby. Your career has just gone bonkers. Good excuses. <laughs> Valid excuses. <laughs> I mean, talk about my career. I mean, you are doing amazing things. I mean, I've always been such a fan of what you do. You do it with such grace and effortlessness. I'm always rooting for you on the, on the sidelines of, of the things you're creating in the world. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, just to preface this conversation, we, we, we have been friends for a while and that's such a nice yeah. thing to, um, oh, gee. to, to have fondness and, you know, to, to have a, a true human connection there and to be able to weave your, your professional worlds together later down the line. Agreed. This is, 
back in the day, I mean, we were at the first revit mind body green revitalizes. Remember back back in the day, Miraval yeah. in Tucson. Those were the days that Miraval <laughs> in Tucson. <laughs> oh my goodness! But anyway, so you have this beautiful new book out, and I'm gonna we're gonna talk all about it. But can we just tell people your journey with autoimmune conditions? A lot of people that are listening to the podcast. Uh, have autoimmune conditions, struggling with it, or or just really fascinated about healing. Can you go, give give people your journey with with your health? Yeah, you know I can really start to trace it back to a lot younger than when I really started to deal with it. Really having that kind of body literacy now, when I can start to feel the inflammation creep up in my systems, you know, like all of my little micro signs are talking to me and I'm going, Ooh, time to rein it in and, and get back on the rails, which is how I currently live my life. Having that type of sensitivity now, I've been able to go back 20 years, 25 years and play the tapes and hop back into that old body and mind and go, geez, this started a lot earlier than, you know, late teens. So for, for me, it was Hashimoto's. And, you know, my experience has been so different with autoimmunity than what, you know, an endocrinologist told me was going to happen or what was happening that I almost like use these terms really loosely the way an autoimmune condition was explained to me, I mean, it wasn't quite the 90s, but it was just past the 90s. You know, we were really in a different time and place. And it was explained to me that I would never be functioning on my own. I had an autoimmune condition. It was genetic. My mother actually has type 1 diabetes. My grandmother has thyroid issues. And both my mom and my grandmother you know, my mom has to take insulin every day and is on a constant glucose monitor now, which has done wonders for her, which we can talk about that kind of health tech later. Mm. Um, and, you know, in talking to my grandmother, she thought that probably her mom had a thyroid condition as well. Alzheimer's also runs in, this is my, my matriarchal line. So, endocrinologist is like, look, it's standard, it's genetic, there's nothing you can do. You've got to take these um, synthetic drugs, these synthetic hormones. And I was like, well, my gosh, this doesn't feel right. I'm in my early 20s. There's so many signs and symptoms. I've got like mood stuff. I've got sleep stuff, got hair stuff happening and eyebrows. He was like, listen, kid, take the drugs there's no way around it. I was like, well, what happens if I don't take these synthetic thyroid drugs? And he said, well, eventually, you know, you'll die. You'll, you'll most likely be infertile, you'll have a miserable life and you'll die. And I was like, huh, gosh, um, there was no, you know, and again, like we're living in a different world now and here you are, Will. And, and if I had wound up in your office 15, 20 years ago, what a different journey it would have been. But, you know, I think that's, that's why we're all here having this conversation. Yeah. So I walked out of that feeling pretty alarmed. Um, it, was, it was doomsday. And so for a very short period of time, I took Synthroid, um, which made me feel terrible. And I said, this is just not working for me. Looking back at my childhood, I was put on so many antibiotics early on. So I can even go back again. It's like, you know, if we had that conversation, I can say, well, um, I believe that there was probably something environmental mm -hmm. happening, whether that was mold or it was an allergy or there was a food allergy. Um, I had mm -hmm. chronic sinusitis. I had um, chronic ear aches. And I was put on antibiotics, so many antibiotics, you know, like the pink bubble gum stuff you mm -hmm. drink. I was always on that. So the gut was not there. I was put on hormonal birth control um, before I was even sexually active. That was sort of just like a thing that you do. And then when I started experiencing some anxiety and some mood swings that again, I'd like to just go back to the gut. I'd like to go back and say that was gut stuff combined with hormonal teenage stuff. 
compounded by some life circumstances. And so really what I needed was um, a hug and some, some gut healing and some perspective that, you know, this is life and emotions come and, and how to deal with that. But it was the early 90s and I was in New York. Psych meds were all the rage and cocktails of them. So at this point, you know, it was the that layer of pharmaceutical drugs that came in. You know, I've read a lot about specifically what some of those drugs do to the thyroid. So just giving like that background history of yeah. so many pharmaceutical drugs and hormonal birth control. And um, I arrive at this place of something's terribly wrong because there's unexplained weight fluctuation. I'm exhausted. My mood doesn't feel right. And then it comes up in tests that, you know, my thyroid's not functioning. So at this point, I'm going, I'm going to unplug from this whole system. And so getting off of birth control was a journey and a lot was learned there. Um, I hadn't taken antibiotics in a very long time and just really unplugging from any type of medication. And that really sent me on my journey of working with a kinesiologist and, you know, TCM practitioners and Ayurvedic doctors. And I really left no stone unturned. Um, Mm -hmm. And through that, you know, there was diet and lifestyle stuff. So I went on to, we have a nice name called the autoimmune protocol. Now Um, Mm -hmm. I went on to a diet like that. I incorporated a lot of green juice. And the two biggest things in my journey were really realizing that stress was at the heart of this. And so I feel like, you know, we can use this word stress biologically. And there's another word I'd use for it, which is really important in my journey, which is fear. Mm. And so it's almost like we could separate the two. And I was taking these two parallel paths of working with the body on stress chemistry. Once I had gone through, you know, the gut and doing some cleansing mm-hmm. of the body and all of this, um, it was really this anti-inflammatory diet that I needed. Mm-hmm. And then I was I was working a lot with this fear, fear and trauma that was locked in my system. And oftentimes, you know, that's the real healing that occurred. Yeah. You gotta deal with a lot of the body stuff first. Yeah. So then you really took your wellness journey, not just as it wasn't just a personal thing, but then you really brought moon juice to the world and really, in my opinion, uh, raised people's awareness about this wonderful kingdom of adaptogens. So can you talk to us about, for people that are newer to this conversation, what are adaptogens? How do they work? And can you profile some of the ones that, that you really love? Yeah. So adaptogens, I mean, I feel like I've got a doctor in the room. I should be moving yeah. the mic over to you. So I'm going to give a little I give, bit. I give it to you. I give it to you. I'm going to do a little bit and then I'm going to, I'm going to ask you about them as well. So adaptogens really simply put are herbs and mushrooms that help the body find homeostasis. And so, you know, in essence, they are that buffer in your system and they help to regulate stress chemistry. So the term was coined by a Russian researcher and scientist in the 70s. And so we're using this term adaptogen as a very specific class of herbs. It's a finite list. And so I say this because sometimes, you know, adaptogen starts getting used as a moniker for superfood or something. So you like open up a blog and it's like tocotrienols are beautiful adaptogens. And, um, and it really is this finite list. And he had certain principles and I, I won't read the whole thing of what classified an adaptogen. And so some of my favorite ones to really get into the essence of what these plants do is that they're non-stimulant, which is really, really important. And I think just in general, like such an important thing for us to think about as Westerners, Mm -hmm. it's non-stimulant energy. So they are non-stimulant, non-habit forming. Again, I think another really important part of why these plants are so wonderful and bi-directional. 
Bidirectional is such a cool concept. And the, and the very simplistic way to describe it would be that the same plant at the same dose could go into Will and I at the same time. And let's say that Will's stress response is heart palpitations, sweaty palms, a racing mind, no appetite, and trouble sleeping. And my stress response is I'm exhausted all the time. I can't stop eating. I'm low-grade depressed. And that plant would go in and it would take Will down to his point of homeostasis. And it would lift me up to my point of homeostasis. And it would get us to that same healthy place, moving us in different directions. Um, So I just think that's so cool and so intelligent. It is intelligent. So, you know, that's what these plants are. And, you know, the other thing that I just think is so cool about them is these plants come from the most stressed out places on the planet. That's what makes them these powerhouses. You know, you've got some of these plants that have survived the ice age. And that's how they've become so strong and so potent. And other ones, you know, that are just in the windiest places on earth or the coldest places on earth, the driest. And um, they've had to adapt to their surroundings. And that adaptation has created these constituents in the plants that when harvested appropriately, and I'm really going to stress harvested appropriately because they have to come from the right place. They have to be at the right point of maturity. And then the list goes on. You know, they should be uh, harvested responsibly, socially. There are proper methods of extraction and so on and so forth. But really the potency comes from their environment. And so they've got these resilient chemicals in them. And what a gift by taking these plants, we actually take on that resilience. And they've adapted to help us adapt to our, you know, I guess our version of a, the harshest climate on earth is yeah. um, bills and emails and lack of sleep and blue light and fumes and mm-hmm. the list goes on. Yeah, that's beautifully said. I could not have said it better myself. Electrolyte deficiencies or electrolyte imbalances can cause symptoms like headaches, cramps, fatigue, and weakness. Electrolytes also play a critical role in many other health conditions that I see in patients like POTS or postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, brain health, breastfeeding, regulating your appetite and curbing cravings, and many more. Basically, electrolytes are uber important and oftentimes overlooked, but the problem is There's so much junk in a lot of electrolyte drinks on the market. It's filled with sugar or artificial sweeteners, artificial dyes, just not things that I would recommend for my patients or anybody that's listening to the podcast. And that's why I'm such a fan of Element. Drink Element is a healthy alternative to sugary electrolyte drinks. Each grab-and-go stick pack replaces essential electrolytes with no sugar, No coloring, no artificial ingredients, or any other junk. I drink Element every day when I'm consulting patients online because it supports my energy levels. I don't get the afternoon slump of energy. So I have it when I'm intermittent fasting or when I'm not intermittent fasting just to support my optimal health. And I feel freaking amazing when I'm having Element. As a member of our community, Element has a very special offer for you. Claim your free Element sample pack. You only cover the cost of shipping. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash art of being well. That's drinklmnt.com slash art of being well. Today's program is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition really, really simple. With so many stressors in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients it needs to truly thrive. Our busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, the environment, work stress, or simply just not eating enough of the right foods can leave us deficient in key nutritional areas. AG1 by Athletic Greens, the category-leading superfood product, 
brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. Keeping up with the research, knowing what to do, and taking a bunch of pills and capsules is hard on the stomach and also hard to keep up with. To help each of us be at our best, they simplify the path to better nutrition by giving you the one thing with all of the best things. One tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, a probiotic, a green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. The special blend of high quality bioavailable ingredients in a scoop of AG1 work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, supporting your energy and focus, aiding with your gut health and digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, effectively replacing multiple products or pills with one healthy, delicious drink. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1 with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash willcole. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash willcole to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am Divorced Not Dead. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said. Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves for the happily ever after? Does our love story really have to be one great lengthy novel, or can we be happy with a book of short but exciting love stories? I guess we'll find out on Divorce Not Dead. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey, so buckle up. What are some of your favorite highlighting this beautiful kingdom of, of adaptogens? What are some of your favorite ones? I'm going to, I'm going to throw, gosh, this is really hard. These are tough questions. Will. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, it's like picking your favorite babies. Cause you use these in your recipes and, yeah. and everything you do. Yeah. I mean, I, I have so many favorite, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to highlight three that I think are really potent. And I'm going to start with, Shatavari. Shatavari is particularly for women, although, you know, it's quite potent as an aphrodisiac for men, but I'll, as a woman, I'll speak to why I really particularly love it. You know, and sorry, before I get into this, I just wanted to throw in that we spoke about the term adaptogen coming from relatively modern Russia. And what I did want to say was that the Russians did not discover these plants. You and I did not discover these plants. These are plants that have been used throughout human history, particularly in traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda coming out of India, and Tibetan medicine, which one could argue actually came, you know, that was the roots of Ayurveda. They also pop up in Russian medicine, which is very cool to think about like Russian folkloric herbalism was just so close to, to China and India. And some of these plants also, you know, naturally have popped up in Europe and North America and been used in those lineages. So I, I did just want to give credit yeah. there. Thank you. So Shatavari uh, has traditionally been used in Ayurveda and it's thought of as a real female tonic and something that a woman can use throughout her entire life. So um, adaptogens at the heart of all of these plants, they are really working to bring you back into homeostasis, but then they each have their own little superpower happening. So at the heart of it, helping you to adapt to stress, but on top of that, really helping with PMS really helping with fertility, being so nourishing in the postpartum time, even helping to get that milk to come in. Um, Shatavari is used for that. Really helpful for libido and something that's used in Ayurveda for perimenopause and menopause. So what a beautiful herb to be able to take into all those phases of life. And where it's helpful for the female libido, I was with a doctor, an Ayurvedic doctor in India, in his clinic in Kerala, and they grow some of the herbs there on site and had a pharmacy there. And we were walking past the Shatavari plant and I was so interested to see some of these plants growing. 
And I said, so can you talk to me about Shatavari and the male libido? Because it's also used for that. And he kind of giggled and pointed to the plant. And the Shatavari is an asparagus plant. And we use the roots. And he, he pointed to the asparagus poking out of the ground. And that was my answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's sim- symbolic there. Yes. Symbolic. Yes. <laughs> So Shatavari is beautiful and I love that. I'm going to skip Ashwagandha for this because I feel like your crew knows all about Ashwagandha um, and I love it, but we're going to focus on some other ones here. I love rhodiola. I think rhodiola is such a potent nootropic. And so yes, it helps with that adaptive energy and with stress, again, like all of them, but what rhodiola does for my brain is incredible. My brain is not the same without it. I see you nodding emphatically. Oh, yeah. You have similar, yeah. similar experiences. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving hearing you talk about this. I just want to give you the floor for, for explaining this to, to the people. But yes, I love rhodiola. Okay, Will loves it too. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I really, I think of that as my, my brain support. Um, I think of rhodiola as being supportive for not only today and brain function, but I think of it as being neuroprotective. And this is yeah. something that, you know, I feel like neuroprotection hasn't really been in vogue with younger folks. Um, but I think that it's something really worthwhile, all of us thinking about, you know, particularly if you're someone that is putting the time and effort and thought into getting into more of a proactively preventive space for skin health, let's say that's something we're all, we're all kind of getting into. I want you to throw your brain in there too, because we've done a great job in our culture at keeping people alive. I mean, it's incredible. You look, you yeah. look at the jump of lifespan that happens. So we're yeah. doing something right, but then you look at the quality of life. And in particular, yeah. one of it is, is brain health, you know? The health span needs to increase. Yes. And, you know, I think for anyone that's got a grandparent or a parent where you, you start to see the memory and the neuroplasticity slide away and things get rigid. And I just, um, that is not a wish for myself. And so it's something that I've incorporated into my daily life now, neuroprotection. It's really easy. Love it. Yeah. That's something that serves me today and is protecting me years down the road. And for my third, I'm going to throw in cordyceps. I love it. I love cordyceps and cordyceps is known as Tibetan Viagra. So I think if you have a penis, there's that particular (laughs) appeal to it. And if you don't have a penis like myself, um, cordyceps are, (laughs) cordyceps are incredible for energy. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm going to get into the non, the non-stimulant energy. Like that's just such a beautiful quality of these homeostatic herbs is that they're energizing in a non-stimulant way. And if that's not something you've experienced before, maybe we can entice you to try, have a little experiment. You know, even if you just taper your caffeine down, doesn't mean you have to get off of it. Mm-hmm. Try feeling this other energy resource from within. It's pretty incredible. So cordyceps is something, I mean, it's great for the immune system, great for athletic performance, pretty incredible what it does for lung capacity in particular. So if you're a runner, if you're an athlete, really great. There's a fun story about cordyceps that the Chinese Olympic team started using them and their performance was so markedly improved that they, you know, they got accused of doping. Wow. Yeah. And they got tested and they were, they were not doping. They were, they were seven. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, the, the three great choices. I love that all three of those and use all three of those. Tell us about the, the new book and how you're weaving in these beautiful plant medicines into the new book. And yeah, I mean, people can cook 
with these things and, and bring them into delicious recipes. And you've shown us how to do that. Yeah. Well, and I preface that you can use the book in a couple of ways or choose your own adventure. The front half of the book is this like high school biology lesson on stress, if you will, some stress literacy. And it's really because it took me way too long to figure out, number one, that I was in this chronic stress loop. And then to to distill all of this information from different sources and put it together. I mean, now we have you, Will. So really like, (laughs) I don't know, just stick with Will. You know, if you've been around, I probably wouldn't have written that book long ago. But, you know, I, I just wanted this easy to follow education because I think once you understand your own biology that's where you can start making choices. And so wherever you are in your healing, wherever you are in your interests, I would really implore that you you understand the systems inside yourself that you're trying to work with. So, you know, I think fertility is a great example. People that are struggling with fertility, that's, that's often the time that they really hop into their bodies and they understand Mm -hmm. the different phases of their cycle and what affects fertility and all of this. And that's a beautiful, it's a a beautiful place to hop in and get to know your body. And so much comes of that. So the first half of the book is really that invitation to, yes, we've all heard about the HPA access, but what is that really? Like, what is that event in the body? Things like that. um, And And so we set you up in that way so that when things start to fall out of balance and give you little tips on how your body may be speaking to you. And so the the book is broken up into your different systems. So we've got brain and beauty, sex, spirit, power, and dream. And we give you all of these little ways that you can tune in and say, hmm, is my body talking to me? Is this a stress disruption here? So you understand your systems, you understand what kind of cascade event stress has on these systems, how it animates locally. And then, you know, like really in essence, what is stress? I mean, not alone. I actually didn't understand what stress was for a very long time. And part of it is, you know, just in our culture, when we talk about stress, we're talking about an emotional response. Mm-hmm. And that's how I related to the word stress. I thought that yeah. stress was just like something uncomfortable happens and I have an emotional reaction and that's stress. And so when I'm thinking about, am I stressed? You know, I would think about it and be like, well, I haven't had one of those emotional reactions in a while. So I guess I'm not yeah. stressed and I'm not in a stressful environment. To really get down to it and to realize that stress is um, environmental toxins that you may be living with. Stress is, you know, synthetic fragrances that might be in your laundry detergent. You know, so really so really giving you a look at the stressors yeah. that you may not relate to as stress. Yeah, that's good. Um, so that's the front half of the book. And then the second half of the book is all of these incredibly easy. I'm going to stress easy because my first book was not easy. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. So all of these recipes are super, super, super easy. They're all grain free. They're all lower glycemic. And if you're looking for very low glycemic or keto, there are ways to adapt. Everything can be made vegan if you like it. And it's all comfort food. And I, I really, I classified comfort food as it's fun to make, it's yummy to eat, and it leaves you better than it found you. Um, yes, it. there are recipes like banana bread and brownies and chocolate chunk cookies. So we take those kind of nourishing foods and then we make them functional. You know, I've really paired different adaptogens into these recipes in a way that's going to keep them delicious. So nothing is going to taste like dirt. There's no acquired taste period here. It's really, I made sure they're delicious. And you can use it as education and then easy grain-free nourishing recipes, or you can really take the full journey, which is to go in, 
find a plant that's speaking to you, you know, go through, take the like little quizzes. They aren't actually quizzes, but quiz yourself and see where you may be needing some support. Find a plant that's talking to you and really go in. And, you know, this is how I got to know a lot of these plants was I would really do a period of time where I would, you know, have a little teaspoon of schizandra each day and just focus on that one plant and really see Mm. what that plant would do for me. I love it. What's your favorite, if you had to pick, what's your favorite recipe in the book and maybe an example of how you would incorporate an adaptogen in it? So favorite recipe in the book is the reishi apple granola. Yum. Really easy to make, really easy to make in big batches. I love granola. I do struggle with the granolas that are out there because if they are grain free, um, they often are really sweet. And I just don't do well with that much sugar, especially Mm -hmm. in the morning. So it's a lower glycemic and very, very easy granola. And then there's reishi in it which reishi is an incredible, I mean, not only does it help with stress and brain health, but I I just, and immunity, but I find reishi to be such a calming mushroom. It's known as the queen healer in TCM. Love it. Love it. For this ad break, I want to talk to you about monk fruit as a healthier sugar substitute. Like stevia, it's an all-natural sweetener derived from a plant, and it tastes so much better, like a lot better, way, way, way better. That's why I partnered with Chalk Zero, a chocolatier who makes gourmet chocolates exclusively with the zero glycemic sweetener. From chocolate-covered almonds to candy bars to seasonal favorites like chocolate peppermint bark. They make it all and they do it without any sugar and without sugar alcohols. It's perfect for your health journey. Another thing that I really love from Chalk Zero is their baking line. It's keto, sugar-free, clean ingredients. So you can have clean baking for the holidays. They also have a keto maple syrup that is also sugar-free, clean ingredients. So reimagine how you do the holidays. You don't have to have tons of junk food tons of sugar, tons of carbs to enjoy the holidays with the ones that you love. Do the holidays the right way with Chalk Zero. For a limited time, you can get 20% off using the code WILLCOLE on your first order. You have to check this out, my friends. Just visit chalkzero.com to fall in love at first bite. Again, that's code WILLCOLE at checkout for 20% off at chalkzero.com. That's C-H-O-C-Z-E-R-O.com. Public Goods is the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper and shampoo to pet food, Public Goods is your new everything store thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, Public Goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful, streamlined aesthetic. Public Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products. We use their cleaning products at the Functional Medicine Telehealth Center. I also use Public Goods cleaning products in my home as well. Love them so much because knowing what's in your products and where they come from is really important. And what I love about public goods is that they ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives that are still common on drug and grocery store shelves. I've worked out an awesome deal just for my listeners. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 off to spend on your first purchase. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash Will Cole or use code Will Cole at checkout. That's P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash Will Cole to receive $15 off your first order. 
the podcast, as you know, it's called The Art of Being Well, which you personify so effortlessly. This part of the podcast, it's called Your Art of Being Well. This is Amanda's Art of Being Well. I'm going to throw out just different questions. Pick your brain, your favorite things within wellness. And are you up for this, yeah. this challenge? Yes. All right, cool. What is, if you're stuck on, a, on an island and you're looking for nutrient density and surviving, what would be that one food if you only had one food to pick from? So I get to pack the food and bring it to me or I'm like on yeah. the island looking for the Yeah, it's kind of a magical opportunity. So you can really <laughs> be creative with it. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to say seaweed. Love it. Any specific seaweed? And I'm going to find it on the island. I'm, I'm going <laughs> hardcore on this adventure question and I'm, I'm finding it. Yeah. I love it. Season one survivor. None of the, none of the frills. <laughs> well, any specific type of seaweed, if you, if you could pick. I love dulse. I yeah, love dulse. I love, I love dulse from Maine. And I would say that there's nothing dulse can't make better. Like put, put that mm. dulse in your kitchen and put mm. it on everything. Yeah. Well, can I give your first book a shout out too? Because they're both great. The first, what I loved about in the first book was the seaweed broth that you have mm-hmm. in in that book, which is such a fundamental for anybody that wants more, a plant based broth. I think that recipe in that book is so so good. I've got two more in here for you. Great. What's your favorite broth recipe in in this new book? There's a savory reishi broth which I particularly love, and then there's a ginseng mineral broth. And this mineral broth, um, it's a great tool to have in your kit. This mineral broth actually comes from like very old school juicing protocols, like um, 70s juicing protocols. It was also something that in the 90s, like every colon hydrotherapist would recommend the mineralizing broth. And it includes things like red potatoes with the skin on so that you get mm. those minerals off of the skin. So it's a, it's an old school kind of like health, health nut tool. I love it. All right. Next question, completely opposite. You're off the desert Island, but if you had one food purely on taste, deliciousness, and regardless of health benefits, and maybe it would still have lots of health benefits because again, I think what you teach very very beautifully is that you don't have to pick either or you can have these delicious comfort foods and uh, have great nutrient density too. Uh, it's going to, it's going to be healthy and taste good. Uh, so what would that food be? I've got to, I'm so excited about this question. <laughs> chocolate. Number one, I love chocolate so much. I eat a bar of chocolate every day, which my adrenals seem fine. They're handling it. There would be a point in time when I actually couldn't have done that, but um, I'm handling it. So um, I love a hundred percent chocolate, which I think is, you know, maybe too much for some people, but there are beautiful companies putting out hundred percent chocolate bars now. And so if you really like dark chocolate, go out there and find some of it. Erwan actually does a good job of putting a little roundup together. A company mm-hmm. I really, really love is Picari and they do a beautiful 100% bar. And Antidote, Antidote does a really beautiful 100% bar with like just tiny little pieces of dates strewn in there. Nice. So that's a perfect well, food. Love it. And what, what's the other food? Oh, okay. So the, the other food is raw butter, raw grass-fed butter. I love it. Um, and if you thought I was vegan, I apologize. <laughs> I, I love raw butter. <laughs> I think the title of this podcast should be, if you thought I was vegan, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you get this butter? I mean, is there any specific place or? Well, so I used to get this raw butter at um, a raw food co-op we had in Venice. 15, 16 years ago. And this is a true story. Well, I'd go in and I would get raw butter coming from Amish, Pennsylvania that they would truck across the country. Mm-hmm. And then um, I would get raw goat's milk kefir. And, you know, I'd use the kefir medicinally, you know, like a quarter cup each day. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I'd been shopping there for years and it was a collective and you had to have a membership card to get in. And it was, you know, because raw dairy is very controversial in this country. Yeah. 
And Which is always an interesting thing for me. Of all the stuff in our world, why is that controversial? But <laughs> it's another conversation, I guess. Interesting. So I show up one day to get my raw butter and I'm like seven months pregnant with my first child. And if, if you're out there and you're pregnant or if you're out there and you're wanting to get pregnant, I couldn't recommend raw grass-fed butter or a raw grass-fed kefir highly enough, especially mm-hmm. if you don't really eat meat and you're having those kind of like carny, carny cravings. <laughs> um, maybe you just need to eat half a stick of raw butter and, and, mm-hmm. and some egg yolks. Yeah. I mean, great advice. I mean, the work of Weston A. Price, which I'm sure you're aware of, but that they talk a lot about that with fertility and these, they're healthy fats that you and I really advocate for. Yeah. That's great. Really good. Good thing. And as a guy that lives in near, I should say very near to Amish, Pennsylvania, represent Pennsylvania, represent. Where are you um, in Pennsylvania? I'm outside of Pittsburgh. Oh, awesome. My my husband's from Lancaster, which is oh, Pennsylvania. That's the heart of it all. Yeah, that's yeah. the heart of Amish. Yeah. We'll, we'll come see you because we go. I there. would love that. We'll find you. Yeah. Um, anyway, to quickly end that story, I'm pregnant. I'm just trying to get my raw butter. And, um, and then all of a sudden, it's a raid. And like 20 people come in with guns drawn, helmets on, and those shields. It was like riot gear. What? Yeah. And they, and they shut it down. So um, that's where I used to get my raw butter. And now um, there's actually a really, there's a great company that puts out grass fed raw dairy. Very cool. What is your latest non-food, non-supplement biohack or wellness tool that has really made a positive impact in your life? Mm. Oh, Here's a great one, you guys. This is pretty new. It's called the Lymph Star. It is a device that uses a sound frequency and there's something ionic happening because I can smell it when they throw the glass wands. So there's Mm -hmm. something happening with uh, the ionic charge and sound and they go through your lymph pathways over your skin and they apply that frequency. And what it does is it thins out your lymph. And so I believe that the sound frequency are breaking down proteins that build up in the lymph. Um, mm. And just, just anybody with autoimmune stuff, if you mm-hmm. haven't figured this out already, this might be a life-changing tip for you is the lymph gets really sluggish. And for whatever reason, we have more difficulty with lymph. And, you know, I spent years like, dry brushing and bouncing on the rebounder and drinking lots of water and trying to do all those lymph healthy things. And it just wasn't enough for me. And so something that I actually need to do to stay in optimal health is to really help that lymph. And this machine is incredible. And um, it's actually something you could buy for your home and figure out how to do for yourself. But it thins out the lymph so that it can uh, flow circulate freely. Yeah. Great. And it's very subtle and it really didn't think that it was working. And, really? and then it, it really did. Yeah. I love it. I have to check that out. Yeah. What is one spiritual practice or mindfulness practice that has helped you the most? Mm. You know, I would say that meditation has done a lot to get me into a place so that I can better pause. I'm going to say that having a pause, getting my nervous system to a place where I, I get to be non-reactive for even 10 seconds has greatly improved my life and all of my relationships and decision-making. What does it look like for you, a mindfulness practice? Are you following a specific practice, like a specific uh, way to do it or... Just just acts of, of stillness and silence. In my life, I've, I've had two paths that I've taken that are um, very specific and it's, it's a very specific method and they have both been incredibly helpful to me. And until my last child, religiously meditating every day, 
Um, and I'm in a season in life right now where sleep is not guaranteed. Um, a shower is not guaranteed. Meditation is not guaranteed. And I feel it. But I also think having years of banking into a practice like that, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the benefit of, and this is not me abandoning meditation or making excuses for it because I can't wait to get back to it. But if it isn't regular, there's enough muscle memory, if you will, mm-hmm. to yeah. not ramp up. And so, you know, I think like oftentimes we talk about meditation as being this very lofty spiritual practice and it like turns you into a spiritual person. And I almost think of meditation as brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, ha- I'm not always having these like extravagant, spiritual, yeah. beautiful experiences. It's like, I sit down, I have to meditate. I don't really want to, I'm tired. I have a million other things to do. And it's often like brushing my teeth, you know, like we just brush our teeth and we don't yeah. brush our teeth because when we're brushing our teeth, we're having this like ecstatic dental experience. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it because we know we have to brush our teeth because if we don't brush our teeth, we're going to have some big problems later. That's a great analogy. Great analogy. And I do find like that muscle memory analogy too really works because I find that for myself and for my patients, the more they flex that mindfulness muscle, even if they take a season off of the the gym, they're athletic in their Mm -hmm. performance, they can get right back into it pretty quickly. Or it's just so intuitive, they don't really have to think about it. It's just they can center themselves a lot more effortlessly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. Next question. You have a beautiful skincare line, which I'm a super fan of. It's in Sephora. It's online everywhere. Let's pick two. What are two products within your line that you can't live without? Acid potion and plump jelly. If we're going for skin. Those are my two favorite ones. And they work yeah. really well together. And you probably experienced that well. So the, the acid potion is an AHA, BHA liquid exfoliator. And it was born out of, at a, cer- at a certain point in my mid thirties, so I was like, whoa, I, I should probably check out skincare. And I started to think about my skin in the same way that I thought about other organs that I really care about, like my brain and my thyroid. And whatever I didn't like about the beauty industry that I was personally rebelling against by not choosing to buy into taking care of my skin, I was just like, okay, I need to take care of my skin now. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna do it in an intelligent way, the way we take care of the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that I kept hearing about was this um, formula called P50. And I asked all my beauty editor friends that have just been in the game for so long, like, what is the one thing that will change your skin? And they all had the same answer. And so I looked at the ingredients on it. I mean, it was like a little sketchy when it's a French product, but it's been outlawed in France, the original formula. So you can't even buy it in the country of origin. That was a little sketchy. I got this product and I tried it. And within a week, I was like, "Mm, this does something. This is real. So um, that was my foray into skincare. I took it. I went to, you know, one of the best chemists we have in this country. And I said, we have to find the efficacy of this formula in something that's clean. And then, and then let's do some other things to it. So the formula um, has that acid power. It's clean. It's bumped up with the most niacinamide that formula could hold. And then we actually added reishi to it. And the reishi, what it does is we have a lot of people that don't care about clean skincare whatsoever. And they make that acid potion switch. And their report is they love the efficacy of that other formula, but it left their skin red, ruddy. We know that's inflammation or it broke down their skin barrier to the point that they started to get rosacea. Um, Mm. And so this formula has the efficacy, but is, is soothing to the skin. I love it. It is great. It is a great product. I love, and, and what's tell people about the, the plumping jelly as well. Plump jelly. Yeah. The plump jelly was a little bit of an accidental formula. I was making a plant based collagen protection formula So again, I'm not vegan. 
but I wanted to make a formula that is like a vegan creamer and has all of the amino acids that you need to build your own collagen. So rather than putting fish scales or cowhides in your coffee, why don't we supplement with things that you can actually boost and bump and protect protect your own collagen. And so I was really inspired by being in China and seeing that people were drinking this sweet, clear congee. And it was silver eared mushrooms. And it's just like a part of daily life. And I was thinking, hey, this is so cool. The silver eared mushroom, it's a, it's a, it's a hydrophilic mushroom. It kind of makes like a gel. It's a great hydrator. And, um, and I was like, how am I going to bring this back? How am I going to get into the flow of like carrying my thermos of mushrooms around? I was like, oh yeah, I'm not because I'm American. It's not in our culture. Shoot. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, maybe I can find a really good source and, and it's powdered or something. And so I found a great source. It was powdered and I started playing with it and adding it to tocotrienols and just like throwing it in my tonic in the morning. And then um, I found a beautiful edible hyaluronic, a low molecular weight um, hyaluronic. And I just put those three things together and they were a great milk replacer for tonics, but also doing incredible things for my skin. And so um, in looking at some clinicals that were done, I saw this study that had been done on using those ingredients internally and externally together. And just some of those before and after pictures, I was like, wow. And so I spoke to my chemist and I was like, here, we've made this ingestible. Can we make it topical? He was like, absolutely. And so um, it became this very clean, very potent hyaluronic serum. Hyaluronic serum on mushrooms is how we describe it. <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's really smart, smart things. You're bringing something really fresh and innovative to, and you're bridging these two worlds as well. This functional, ancient plant medicine with skincare. It's really smart. All right, my friend, last question. What is a book that you've read in the last year that it could be fiction, nonfiction, whatever, but that's really inspired you or got you thinking in a, in a new way? Good night, Moon. I'm just, <laughs> just joking. No, no, no. That's like a real, that's a real talk parent. <laughs> you start reading into the words of good night, Moon. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I mean, I think the better question is what book have you read in the last year that was not good night, Moon? Um, <laughs> all the parents out there, they say the same thing. Like I normally, I was a reader in the before, but now I'm like, I read good night moon, <laughs> which you can find beauty in as well. No, let me give you a real answer because there, there have been some books that have snuck in. Oh, you know what I'm going to say? Here's a great one. Let's go for it. Um, Paul Hawkins new book that he's put out, go get it. It's incredible. What Paul Hawken does is he has a team and they scour all of the research that's already been done um, and done around climate in silos. Mm -hmm. And so he yeah. goes through all of that information and he brings it to one central point and, and delivers it to us. And you can make... You can have your own thoughts about climate. That's what I really like about Paul is he's simply mm -hmm. reporting the information and when yeah. you go through and you look at it, you know, and I don't even want to put my two cents into it. I want you to go get that book. Yeah. And I want you to come up with your own ideas about it because I think, you know, what we can see is your government isn't here to save you, whether that's your health or the health of your home or the survival of your species. The yeah. government is not here to save you and to give you the answers and to figure it out. And aside from Will and some of his colleagues, I would say that generally your doctor is not here to save you. And, and even Will, you know, he can give you the information and you have to be the one with you. Yeah. It's you and you, and you got to figure yeah. it out. And so I, you know, I always think about and talk about health and mental health in this way is the information is out there and you've really got to do the research and you've got to take care of yourself. And I'm going to add into the conversation now, and, and we all need to think about it is our home, 
our planet, our future generation. Nobody's going to figure that out for us. We've, we've got to do it. We've got to take mm-hmm. care. So that's a great place to start. I love it. I think I met him once at that's that revitalized as well. I don't know if you were there that year. Yeah, he but did he, come. He did. Yeah, come he was a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, great books. My friend, we have to hang out in real life Ooh. soon. Yes. We'll make it happen. Lancaster. Yeah, but it's to Pennsylvania, somewhere between Lancaster and Pittsburgh. Let's do it. And our books have to have a play date. We have to like our go take our books. We really need the, a play date. Let's do it. I'm so in. Have Count a me in. virtual cook off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Or or if 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 anyone out there listening has a better idea of what we can do, <laughs> I, I think that's great. A ketotarian moon juice cook off. I think it sounds great. Or we can um we can make we'll think of something. Sure. Yeah, I'll think of something. Stay tuned, everybody. Amanda, my friend, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for what you do for everyone. You make my life easy. I can, when someone's looking for a doctor, I finally, I finally have answers. Thank you. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Carla. Carla asks, what exactly is ferritin? What does it do? And what is the functional range? Well, Carla, ferritin is a common lab that we run on at blood labs that I look at for patients around the world. And it's amongst a larger panel. But to be honest with you, ferritin is oftentimes overlooked by many people. It's on a larger panel and it's just sort of skimmed over, even if it's on the low end of normal or actually low. But the reality is ferritin is essential for optimal energy, for hair health, for skin health, for immune health, so many things. What is ferritin? It is a biomarker to gauge for stored iron. So iron is essential for every cell of our body. It's needed for oxygenation of our cells, of our tissues. It's needed for cellular energy, impacts again, your hair, your skin, it impacts your energy levels, brain function, impacts our immune system, so many things. And I can't tell you how often I see suboptimal ferritin levels to overtly extremely low ferritin levels that either the ferritin is not being tested or if it, even if it is tested, it's not being fully addressed. So definitely a great question, Carla. Um, it's needed. The optimal range and the Carla's question, she asked that functional range. A functional range is the optimal range. That's, that's where we get our name in functional medicine. It's where does your body function the best? Where does optimal vibrant wellness reside? That is the functional range or the optimal range. So we're looking at optimal, not average, the labs reference range for people that are newer to what we do in functional medicine. The labs reference range is largely looking at that statistical bell curve average of people who go to labs. Comparing yourself to just an average of people who go to labs, which are predominantly not the healthiest bunch of people, is no way for you to find out how you can get your optimal and what even is optimal. So that's what we're doing in functional medicine. We're standardizing these conventional biomarkers to look at optimal health, not just averages. So the optimal for ferritin is at least 80 for most people. And I can't tell you how many people have lower levels. I want optimal around 80 at least ferritin for optimal hormone health, for again, skin, hair, health, immune health, energy levels that are people that are struggling with fatigue, hormonal problems, hair loss, immune issues have these suboptimal ferritin levels. So we have to then put that in greater context of why that is low. And one of the major depleters of 
ferritin is a woman's cycle. If they have heavy bleeding when they are not replenishing that iron, uh, we have to look at the body's absorption of nutrients as well as increasing nutrient density, making sure they're eating nutrient-dense foods as well, but then really rectifying that hormonal balance that may be contributing to those heavier periods that is depleting the iron stores, which over time will deplete their ferritin. Uh, so this, you can't hang your hat on ferritin alone, but you want to look at the rest of the labs and say, okay, what's causing that depletion of that stored iron or that ferritin? And then another point to note, Carla, is that ferritin can also be considered what is known as an acute phase reactant. So basically in states of inflammation, you can see ferritin actually spike. So if you see high ferritin, it's, it could mean iron overload, or it could mean it's the body's just in a state of inflammation, and that's why ferritin is spiked. So you always want to put ferritin, just like you want to put any lab, in context with other labs. So for that example, you want to look at ferritin, you want to look at iron, iron saturation, total iron binding capacity, what's known as the MC series, the MCH, MCHC, MCV, and look at the context of that. So if, if you see high iron across the board and then high ferritin, that probably that would be indicative of hemochromatosis, either primary or secondary hemochromatosis or iron overload that's either driven by genetics or some sort of intake of iron supplements or high iron diet in uh, high iron in the diet, et cetera. Or if you have normal to low iron, normal to low iron saturation, basically iron deficiency, uh, but high ferritin, that could mean uh, that there's inflammation that's that's overtly spiking that that ferritin level. It's basically it's a biomarker to gauge another another way to measure inflammation. Uh, so I know that's kind of complex and it's a big topic, but <laughs> that's the details that we look at in functional medicine. We are looking at this thorough, nuanced perspective on not just ferritin, but nutrients as a whole and your biochemistry as a whole. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.